The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning. You're listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Programme. My name is Di Cousins. Today we're talking to Sudanese-Australian poet Abe Nook. And Abe, I'd like to invite you to begin with a poem, please. If I could be anywhere in the world, I'd be home. The trouble is, home doesn't even know I exist. I thought this was temporary, yet it's fast approaching permanent. Never took it for granted. But unless you understand the hurdles, then you are far from understanding the predicament. The problem is the diligent task of trying to fit in. Learning a new language, one of the perks is you lose yours. I got so good speaking English, I lost my mother's native tongue. Will I ever be forgiven? Will I be able to learn it back? How am I supposed to do that? When I've never been home and I highly doubt I ever will. And by the looks of things, I highly doubt they ever want us back. But it's all good. Reminiscing about the home that I've never had. It ain't all good. Can't keep lying to myself. How is it good when I've never met grandma? Never got to trace her wrinkles. Never got to walk within her shadow or be showered by the kisses grandchildren get. I've missed out on so much hearing what home is about. A part of me cries. A part of me dies. It ain't all good. If I could be anywhere in the world, I'd be home. The trouble is, home doesn't even know I exist. So I remain a stranger, knocking at somebody else's door. They peek, but at least they notice. Thank you, Abe. So how long have you been living in Australia? Been living in Australia for 11 years now, and it strangely feels like 11 days. Given that every morning I wake up, it feels like I'm just learning to live here again, newly. Right, yeah, it must be a massive adjustment coming from... You were actually born in North Sudan to South Sudanese parents, weren't you? Yes, indeed. My, both of my parents are from uh, the south of Sudan. and They birthed me in Khartoum. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up in a predominantly Muslim uh, part of the country allowed me to learn Arabic, and then I didn't know so much so about my mother's native tongue. What was your mother's native tongue? Dinka. Right. I spoke Dinka. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And then at an early age, you became a refugee with your family in Egypt, didn't you? Indeed. It actually started back in uh, 1996 when uh, my dad was arrested under the, under the suspicion of being one of the South Sudanese rebels, which was ridiculous. Uh, in that he's never been to the north of Sudan. Uh, so at the time we had to evacuate, when, when he came and visited us the second time, he was arrested and was asked to turn in his family. And so uh, he made the promise that he would turn in his family. That's how they released him. And when they did that, um, he advised my mother to leave and we left for for Cairo. Right. And uh, things have been different ever since. Yeah, it, it's a difficult history having you know, so many, belong, not really belonging in so many different places. Mm. But uh, you finally came to Australia um, by aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> wow, when we found out we were coming by aeroplane, we did not sleep. Um, 
it was shockingly amazing to to have that but then again it's such a fast transition that you just you just wish everything was stable so 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 then you can piece your life together its purpose and so forth but can't complain ne- never did never will yes well you've actually been doing amazing work with poetry in the last few years you've won um the victorian state slam twice um in 2015 and 2013 um and that that's a really big achievement i have a lot of friends in the poetry world who have been trying to win that slam for many years so congratulations thank you uh it's <laughs> i guess everyone who goes into it have to um from the get go make a decision with themselves to remain um an artist first and foremost other than for the competition uh and every year when, when whenever i entered uh previously to that i couldn't get through in 2011 and 12 because i was finding myself mm-hmm. and i think right after i found out uh that i don't have to pretend to make people comfortable strangely people related to a lot of the stuff that i was saying and i'm extremely grateful to have had those pleasant opportunities to to have been uh, the victorian slam champion twice It's fantastic and uh you went on to the Opera House in Sydney both occasions but you didn't uh come first. <laughs> Did you come second in the first time or? No, I came third in the first time. Okay. And uh, I I I guess what was happening in those times is 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 just is the realization of of the internal conflict that happens once you start to realize once you start to question yourself and doubt yourself and and go am I good enough for this space go and go into as go to a place as far as the Sydney Opera House I remember my I remember waking up in the morning and my mother going where are you going and I said uh, mom I'm I'm, I'm going to perform at the Sydney Opera House she said what are you going to perform I said I'm going to perform a poem and she said but what's a poem I said it's a spoken word what's a spoken word so I had to explain it in Arabic and to her it sounded like as if I'm just going to be talking she said people want to hear you talk I said, thanks mom <laughs> But it's, <laughs> it's something more than that, isn't it? And would would you like to share one of the poems that uh, you've performed at uh, at the slams? At at the uh, at the nationals or or just um it's your choice. Cool. Cool. So this is the one that won the 2013 states. Dear dad, Nine years of illiteracy and now I can finally write to you. There is so much to say and it's a cliche, but would you believe it? I stand on stages these days. Others would not understand the depth of how much of an accomplishment this is. Eleven years ago when we first arrived in Australia, I could barely say yes and no and I even got the two mixed up most of the time. Believe it or not, I'm not a poet yet, and I don't think I will be anytime soon. From the public spectrum, it's fascinating how I embody emotions with my writings, and even when I don't mean it, people feel it. Maybe I need to lighten up, say a few jokes and keep the crowd entertained. What good will that do? Making people feel good only to realize I didn't tell the truth about who I am and where I'm from. It's difficult to explain that 10 years ago we would have been on a boat heading anywhere where there is freedom and guess what a year after you died dad we were granted the refugee status and we flew here can you believe it i can't because i'm waking up every morning thinking that could have been us on those sinking boats and even after reaching the shores they would have made sure we were treated no different from everybody else it's silly how they want those arriving by boats to validate that they 
are refugees. As if getting on a boat half a continent away is for a holiday. They don't want to understand. They fail to see the desperation. This is not a play. This is life. And some of us want to live. Please allow that. Dad, I made a promise to myself and I will always follow. That if I ever lose sight of what really matters, then my ungratefulness is felt. And that's the great injustice. Fantastic. Um, and there's a lot in that poem. I mean, um, one of the things that you mention in that poem is having come to Australia without learning English or even learning how to write. Yes, indeed. So uh, how did you manage for the first few years without being able to speak or write English? I think we were living in our own world. We were so fascinated by the fact that our waters, we had water to shower. We, right. had, uh, we had electricity. We had... Um, there was this lady that used to bring us bread from um, from the bakery right after right after the night shifts, and we were just fascinated by those little things. Me and my brother used to eat ketchup with bread for about six months. That's the only thing we ate. That's how fascinated we were. Uh, the first few years was just essentially trying to comprehend the very fact that we were finally not in fear of our lives. Yeah, that took up that much time hmm. to understand. And then three years after that, it was okay. How do we um, contribute to the communities around us in whatever way, shape or form. And then I started working at the Salvos and, and, and one lady in particular brought in a box of books and in it there was the 101 Disney classics. And that was when I became obsessive uh, about learning to read because I wanted to read those stories uh, to myself first and foremost, mainly because of the simple ethics that are in them. Uh, and, and then from there on, the, the, the past four years is when I've been properly able to read and, and, and write. And that's just been, it's, it's been an impressive channel to be able to motivate other people and say, look, if you learn to read and write, you will learn to cope with life. And, and learning to read and write are essentially the two tools that allow an individual to become equipped to deal with life. And, it, and life itself is a big deal. Yeah, well, it, it's an, a fabulous achievement, and um, and what a what a great testament to volunteering at the op shop. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> wow, wow. It was living out in Lilydale too. The pe- and and I've always been saying this: uh, country folks have, are well mannered. Yes. To, to, well, they they just they they take a huge responsibility in the people uh, that, that that they are surrounded by. So it's op shops are really doing. Um, the majority of the Australian public a huge service, and then let's just hope we support them and not under, undermine uh, the things that they do. We're going to go to a track, and um, this is from um, a new CD, which is uh, reinterpretations of music by Nina Simone. It's called Nina Revisited, and Feeling Good by Lauren Hill. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting all by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. Woo-woo-woo-woo. And I'm feeling good 
and fly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know Butterflies are having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this whole world is a new world And a bold world From um, the CD, Nina Revisited, uh, Feeling Good by Lauren Hill. And this is the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today we're talking to Melbourne poet Abe Nook. And Abe, so you went uh, from discovering reading and uh, you you, you taught yourself using the books that you found at the Salvation Army. And I think you said once that you also learnt online. There was things you looked at online. What were they? Yes, indeed. Some of the books that I discovered, um, one of them was the 101 Disney Classics. And that book had the story of Pinocchio, Dumbo, etc. And and they had the clips on YouTube. So... uh, I, I lips. I, I, you can actually trace the story once you once you play the clip. So I I, I would trace that and lip sync the pronunciation. And that's how uh, that's, it made it easier from then on. So it was it was it was a matter of me- memorizing the words that I wanted to to express an emotion. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And um, then uh, how did you bump into the spoken word scene in Melbourne? Wow! Islam alama ding dong. How did you find that? Uh, a friend of mine w- was playing a gig uh, at uh, at the Bell Union, and then it was advertised uh, that there was a, a gig on the Thursday after that. So I went back to visit that, and and it's just is it inspired me to come back the month after that, uh, not just to share a poem, but just to hear the differences and how accepting and the, the, the spoken word community is in Melbourne. It does not discriminate and it, it does not judge it does not uh it does not classify people based on how good they are or how how awesome they are or how uh status wise it doesn't really matter it gives you the same platform as everybody else and that's what drove me to even want to do spoken word even more the fact that everyone was just welcoming of how indifferent and accepting those indifferences I think it is one of the amazing things about um, the spoken word scene in Melbourne that um, that it is totally accepting that anyone can get up and and do anything at all. Absolutely. You know, if you wanted to stand there and scream, you would be allowed. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I mean, there's Within no the rules. Of the, 
of respecting yourself, really. Yeah, well, yeah. you've got a minute or two minutes or three minutes, <laughs> whatever it is you want to do. Wow. <laughs> and it's, it's really been um, fascinating to watch um, other people develop their sense of uh, faith through this art that allows them to commit to a part of themselves that they've never committed to want to share in public. Yeah, that's right. It's fantastic. Now, you've got another poem there called The Puzzle that um, you're going to share with us. I've never played with Lego, but I've learned to construct stories using the 26 letters from the alphabets and without adult supervision, I think I figured it out. Hopelessness comes from the inability to express yourself. So can you imagine how hopeless I felt when I didn't know how to read or write? When my world was limited and my imagination existed in small proportion and when no one took the time to encourage or remind me that I am more than my perceptions and that no dream was ever too small and I should value my thoughts often because they are an investment of future outcomes. I envied every person I've met who showed me a diary they kept growing up. I despised them secretly because I wanted their memorable childhood and how bright the future looks as they become the grown-ups they've always wanted to be. While I'm left drowning in the sea of options, trying to make something of myself, but I didn't know how to construct. So I longed to read and wish nights after the other, reminding myself not to wait on a shooting star, but to wish on the brightest one I see, just to be able to write. I was once the piece that never fitted the puzzle, looked at and quickly overlooked. Instead, I chose to blame no one because if something were to change, it had to be me. I've never played Lego, but I've learned to construct stories using the 26 letters from the alphabets and I think I figured it out. When you grow up and get told, put away childish things, don't put away your story. There are 26 letters in the alphabets and we've all got to figure it out. Be the puzzle, not the piece. Yes, indeed. And um, and what a wonderful thing it is to put the letters and the words and the sentences and the thoughts and the images together and to share it with everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so having become sort of very well known through your success in SLAM and so on, what are you, are you working with people to helping them to write poetry these days? Wow. Uh, has have been invited to... Um to, to Tasmania in September, and we were we was working with uh, with uh, primary school kids, and then we started working with uh, secondary school kids, and I think all in all, really, the most gratifying part is to is, is to see other children, other k- school kids, have this fascinating realization that they can actually learn to become more accepting of themselves and maintain their innocence. That's been one of the greatest thing if if to be able to have a space. To encourage other people to pursue um, this art form uh, for what it has what it has done for me and what it, what it's capable of doing for many other young people coming up, so that people find their own voice. Absolutely. Yeah, and everybody's got a unique voice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've all got once again, we've all got our own stories, and and it's a matter of accepting they for whatever whatever they may represent to us, um, and that that personal acceptance really becomes very important and you, you you learn to assess it through writing and then spoken word allows you to dramatize it and, and to perform it in public yes well we might just go to a little bit more music
black is the color of my true love's hair. His face so soft and wondrous fair. The purest eyes and the strongest hands. I love the ground on where he stands. Yes, I love the ground on where he stands. Black is the color of my true. Love's hair. I my lover. Oh, and well. I love the ground on where he goes Yes, I love the ground on where he goes And still I hope That the time will come When he and I From uh, Nina Revisited, Lauren Hill. Um, so, Abe, tell me, when's a good time to write, do you find? Um, I've, I've found that I don't, for me personally, I don't have a, a particular time. But along, along the way, whenever I wake up in the morning, it's keeping a, a pen and a pad nearby just to scribble any of the ideas that come together. And then by the end of the day, I would find that I have all these scribblings and they make up for different phases of all of the top topic, all of the subjects that I wanted to tackle, and it just makes it easier to kind of have a broader perspective, of uh, just being subconsciously aware of some of the things that come up, and instead of just instead of trying to attack them, you just write it down peacefully. So I, I think it might work differently for everyone else, but it's just gradually as you progress, it's a matter of instead of trying to uh, put logic into everything, it's just allowing just everything to come together. Yeah. And you got a little book together last year, I think. Or was it this year? It was last year. It was last year. Yes. Uh, Dear Child. Um, my, niece came, my niece was three months premature. And 
was it was pacing back and forth to the hospital, dropping mom and so forth. Uh, that's when these collections came together. And she, she's the first member of our family who was born here. So to me, it was a big deal in that uh, well, she, she gets to grow up in a country where she can where she makes the decisions about who and what she wants to be. And it was just a matter of exploring that um, in depth uh, of of really just being able to write to someone who will someday pick it up and go, oh, this was because of me. Yeah. Mm. And you've got a poem called The Family. Yes. Would you like to share that? Sure. sure. I grew up in a family of eight children. The best part about it, whenever something broke at home, I was innocent till proven guilty. There are seven more suspects, but I'm the middle child, so guess who's always proven guilty by the jury of his peers? If we ever held parental meetings, mom would justify dad's absence. Children have a habit of learning to forgive. We did. In 1999, my mother made a decision. In 2000, she executed. At around 3 a.m. one morning, we found ourselves packing suitcases that did not contain much and we were jammed into a van. I wanted to stuff my childhood belongings and all of my friends into mine. Impossible. I know. I tried. Some things, regardless of how far back we stretch our arms to reach, will always get left behind. I learned children learn to let go. We found ourselves in Cairo, a pretty decent temporary place considering we were refugees. Nothing could have prepared us for the odds. Sometimes it isn't the challenges faced, it's whether you choose to follow through. Those with parachutes hesitate to fly and those without take a leap of faith. My mother leaped and she always talked about if you're not aiming for the stars, don't bother looking up. By the time we looked up, it was too late. On March 30th, 2004, we landed in Melbourne, Australia. And my brother and I walked into Hungry Jack's for the first time and they had free refills. It was a long day. Life as we knew it was never the same since. Eight siblings and a single mother. We are not the hero of this story. Far from it. At the Australian Embassy in Cairo, where mom sought asylum on our behalf, an Australian valued my mother's efforts. It's the only reason... I'm granted this platform and a home where my siblings and I could break things and we would never have to break up for survival. At the landing of a pen stroke, someone sealed my family's fate. It's only fitting to take this moment and say thank you. Australia, you used to be kind. And I have no doubt that you still can be. Yes. Well, if only Australia was being kind to our brothers and sisters on Manus and Nauru. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It will make a big difference mm, mm. future-wise. And if we don't act now, then it will be way too late. Yeah. No, we need to welcome those who come to us seeking refuge. And I'm very grateful that Australia has welcomed you, Abe. And I'm talking to Abe Nook, one of Melbourne's um, most well-regarded spoken word poets. And it's been a great privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people see you perform? Uh, just looking forward to um, getting back to the regular slam, Slam Alama in 2016, uh, Voices in the Attic in 2016 as well. Uh, looking forward to that. Okay, well, Abe, I look forward to seeing you at Slam Alama next year. Likewise. Thank, thank you for coming along. Thank you so much for having me. A quick word about the live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel in Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at 30 Dirk, Level 1 and 2, 
239 Lonsdale Street. The House of Bricks, on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Katsati, that's me, corner of Bud and Keel Streets, Collingwood. Melbourne Poets Union is usually on the last Wednesday of the month at the Wheeler Centre. All of these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene.